Chapter 12 Socialist Revolution The highest point of political action, when a revolution attains its excellence, is when the proletariat, comprising of workers and peasants, under the leadership of a vanguard party, the principles and motivations of which are based on scientific socialism, succeeds in overthrowing all other classes. The basis of a revolution is created when the organic structures and conditions within a given society have aroused mass consent and mass desire for positive action to change or transform that society. While there is no hard and fast dogma for socialist revolution, because no two sets of historical conditions and circumstances are exactly alike, experience has shown that under conditions of class struggle, Socialist revolution is impossible without the use of force. Revolutionary violence is a fundamental law in revolutionary struggles. The privileged will not, unless compelled, surrender power. They may grant reforms, but will not yield an inch when basic pillars of their entrenched positions are threatened. They can only be overthrown by violent revolutionary action. Great historical advance is seldom, if ever, achieved without high cost in effort and lives. And those who argue that the transition from capitalism to socialism can be accomplished without the use of force are under a delusion. The qualitative change implicit in the socialist revolution is far more profound than that which was involved in the transition from feudalism to capitalism. Socialist revolutionaries seek a complete and fundamental transformation of society and the total abolition of the, the privileged classes, whereas the decline of feudalism merely ushered in a new stratification of society in which money, and not titles and land, became the basis of power and privilege. Socialist revolution opposes all concepts of elitism and ends class antagonisms and racism, the socialist revolutionaries are fighting for a type of state which really expresses the aspirations of the masses and which ensures their participation in every aspect of government. Under capitalism, freedom is the right to do what the law permits in the interests of the ruling bourgeois class. The more capitalism develops, the more anarchic it becomes, and socialist revolution is a logical and inevitable result. Where capitalist development and industrialization is in its infancy, and the bourgeoisie only represents a very small section of the population, socialist revolution can be achieved by workers and peasants seizing powers by means of revolutionary action. Through socialist revolutionary leadership, Africa can proceed from bourgeois capitalist ownership of property to arrive at socialist communist ownership of property and the means of production and distribution. But in the revolutionary struggle, no reliance can be placed on any section of the bourgeoisie or petty bourgeoisie. Though these elements may join in revolutionary action during the struggle for national liberation, they will always, when it comes to the pinch, try to block the creation of a socialist state. They are committed to capitalism and dependent for their very existence on the support of imperialism and neocolonialism. It is only when the bourgeois ruling class in neocolonialist states is overthrown by class-based socialist revolution that fundamental changes in society can be accomplished. Certain factors advance the process of socialist revolution. 
Foremost among them is capitalist development and industrialization, which leads to an increase of urban workers, the sector of the population which generates the leadership of the proletariat. The sector of the population which generates the leadership of the proletarian revolution. Among other factors are the desertion of the ruling class by the intellectuals, inefficient governmental machinery, and politically inept ruling bourgeois class. The example and the help of other socialist revolutions also assist the process. Finally, bitter class antagonism and race class problems have the effect of accelerating the advance to socialism. In the 20th century, most forcible seizures of political power have occurred in areas of the world which have a relatively low level of industrialization, namely areas which have a history of imperialism, colonialism, and neocolonialism. These violent changes in the status quo cannot be explained in terms of the power struggles of elite groups. They represent actions of whole classes. In the case of socialist revolution, the seizure of power is by the working class. But in reactionary coup d'etats, the bourgeoisie is further entrenched either by the ejection of a socialist-oriented government or by a power struggle between different sections from within the existing bourgeois framework. The economic, political, and social ferment of Africa, Asia, and Latin America must be seen in the context of the world socialist revolution. For the world revolutionary process today unites three main streams. The socialist world revolution, the liberation movements of the peoples of Africa, Asia, and Latin America, and the working class movement in the industrialized capitalist countries. The peoples of the less industrialized areas of the world are in a good strategic position to advance in the direction of socialist revolution as a result of their experience of imperialism, colonialism, and neocolonialism. They see the issues clearly, since productive and distributive processes are not obscured or blurred by the trappings and diversions of the capitalist welfare state of capitalist corruption. The cause of international proletarian revolution is part and parcel of the liberation struggles of the developing world. The class antagonisms in the contemporary world are highly concentrated in these areas. They have become the storm centers of world revolution, dealing direct and deadly blows at imperialism. The embourgeoisement of certain sections of the international working class and economism of socialist and working class leadership in some areas has made the socialist revolutionary struggle in the developing world of even greater importance in the world socialist revolutionary process. Thus, in some respects, the socialist revolutionary struggle has developed a class-race complexion. But while it would be harmful not to recognize the emergence of a racial factor in the revolutionary struggle, it must not be allowed to confuse or obscure the fundamental issue of socialist revolution, which is the class struggle. World revolution involving socialist world system, national liberation struggles of Asia, Africa, and Latin America, and the international working class to African revolution, which involves class struggle and a people's war, to the people's victory, liberation, unity, socialism, and an all-African union government.
The developing world is not a homogenous block opposed to imperialism. The concept of the third world is illusory. At present, parts of it lie under imperialist domination. The struggle against imperialism takes place both within and outside the imperialist world. It is a struggle between socialism and capitalism, not between a so-called third world and imperialism. Class struggle is fundamental in its analysis. Furthermore, it is not impossible to build socialism in the developing world in isolation from the world socialist system.